Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> that is correct. So today we are going to be going over Waco haunts and legends. Um, are you guys excited to learn more about the paranormal side of Waco? <gasps> what was that? <gasps> A ghost? <laughs> All right, guys. So first, we're going to get started. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to go over some of, again, the haunts and legends happening here in Waco. Um, we're going to tell the story, and then we're just going to have a little talk about. Um, so it'll be very exciting. Um, we're going to go over them. And... Um, you know, it's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're also, gonna have fun. huge disclaimer, don't judge me on my English. Uh, my English is horrible. I don't know how to speak. The ghosts. Oh. oh, hang on. oh. The ghosts. Yeah. They're angry. <laughs> what happened? It just fell. Paranormal activity. Paranormal oh. activity. Well, that's a nice show, y'all. Great day. Doing great. <laughs> coming from the other side. <laughs> other, what other side? The other side of the, the stage. Keep talking. Okay. We're talking. Oh! What are well? we talking about? Are we going to talk about ghosts? Yeah, we're talking uh, about ghosts. Books? True crime? True crime? Um, yeah. Maybe have a public affair? I don't know. Yeah, where's Andrew G? We need Andrew G in the house. Yeah. He, his uh, his live panel was interesting. Let me tell you that. What much. time was wait? What time was his live panel? Right before ours. Wow, we missed it. Yeah. It was before ours. And his and his great words was, well, yeah, can't say that <laughs> word. <laughs> great. <laughs> so today's uh, show we split it up into three different categories. We're gonna cover three different areas in Waco. So up first, we're going to talk about Cameron Park. Next, we're going to talk about downtown Waco, where you guys are right now. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about Baylor University, which, trust me, is haunted. Is it? Is it? It is. Since when? Always. (laughs) 
I'm not wearing a Baylor shirt. I know. I made her wear a ghost shirt. She normally wears Baylor shirts <laughs> every <happy>. day. <laughs> That's kind of. Well, sad. we are wearing matching shirts. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but we both have our, our ghost shirts on. Yeah. That way we're it cute. Was, it was gifted. It's going to be great. I can't read mine. It's okay. I'm sad. Hello, welcome in newcomers. Come and take a seat. Ouch. Ouch. Filtering in. Oh, it's time for us to go. They didn't give us a thumbs up. Usually when we're in the studio, he's like, and then we know we can go. Um, well, I guess we can go ahead. I guess we just go ahead and get started. Yay. Okay. So um, we've already introduced ourselves, so you guys know who we are and what we do. Um, you guys can go check us out on all of our social media at the underscore poltergals. It's like poltergeist but with a gal, um, so it's Polter Gals. Um, you can find us on anywhere you get your podcast, and we're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we even have a TikTok, so if you guys want to check out our TikTok, check it out. Um, and again, it's just Polter Gals um, on everything. If you type it in, you should be able to find us. Um, up first, like I said, we're going to start off with Cameron Park. We're going to go story by story, so just keep your ears and your eyes open. Ready? Go for it. Woo! All right, so up first, we're going to talk about the Witch's Castle. Have you anybody heard about the Witch's Castle? Oh, yeah, we got some hands up. That's good. Um, so the Cameron Park Witch Castle was a single half Native American mother who and son who lived in a rundown shack not, from, uh, not far from 2 Street. Um, it was Waco's former red light district. So historically, Waco is on the map due to our red light district, which is pretty interesting. We were one of the only places um, that had that back in the day, right off of 77, what is now Waco Drive. Um, but not long after the, uh, the public dedication of Cameron Park in 1910, the woman and her son had frequented the park, which was Cameron Park back in the day. Um, venturing, um, they would go there during the day, during the night, they would walk at the park all the time. Um, over the following years, their trips grew longer, and visitors began telling stories of the eccentric mother and her child who wandered the forest, chanting strange hymns or rhymes. The boy actually never attended school, and the mother appeared rather uh, shaggy and like unkept with dirt on her face, and again, they were Native American. Um, but during the height of the war, back in 1917, so again, the park was dedicated in 1910, so around 1917 during the war, the son actually went off to join the war um, and left the mother um, alone. The boy had grown into a young man, and the government drafted him to fight in the trenches. In the summer of 1918, locals reported seeing the woman wandering alone in the forest, both day and night, waiting for her son to return. In mid-autumn, rumors of a possible ceasefire circulated, and the American home front waited with bated breath. However, the mother's hope was a failure. Her son never came home. During the week of November, she received a telegram with tragic news, informing her of the worst. Her son would never be coming home. She then retreated entirely to her beloved forest, which is now Cameron Park, to cope with her grief. Park sightings of the woman increased after the death of her only son. 
and local residents occasionally call upon police to investigate these bar bizarre dealings with a savage native witch, is what they said, who they said was running amok in the forest. But these encounters eventually dwindled. Some say that the woman eventually died, and others believe she moved to a new town. A few claim tattered shreds of her cloth was found on the banks of the Bosky River, and at night, you can occasionally hear her mad chants and see her spirit still roaming in Cameron Park. That is the story of the witch's castle. So now you guys are all familiar. Um, there are many variations of the story, um, but this is the one that is most told. Um, and then there's some truth to it, but maybe not as much truth as you think. Again, these are Waco haunts and legends. Um, and you've actually been out there. That's the first time I've heard that story. Really? Yes, yes. There, there's a lot of variations to it. Um, the one I've heard is about the lady that lives in the, the little house that was out there. And she would like lure children in and poison them and kill them and kind of a Hansel and Gretel story. Yeah, kind of spooky. But um, yeah, there is actually, if you go out there, there is the foundation of a house that's still out there. Um, and it used to belong to a wealthier family. This one, I'm going to say, is legend. Um, they're really, when I went out there to investigate, really nothing going on. And sometimes people will go out there and like feel strange or smell strange smells. But um, the area does have an interesting history. It was part of the red light district. Camp MacArthur also practiced out in that area. There was a church and a cemetery up there. Um, so maybe not a lot of ghosts, but a lot of history. Up okay. next, it's Lover's Leap. Yeah. Lover's Leap. The Lover's Leap. Ghosts right. don't want us talking about it. No, not at all. They don't want to know about these lovers. So, <laughs> hi, I'll be here all week. Not really. <laughs> So this was during the 18th century, and this was between two uh, Native American tribes, the Apache and, would you like to educate the people on how to pronounce it? Huaco. Huaco. See, Huaco. I would have said Huco, but apparently <laughs> I'm wrong. There's literally a restaurant called Huaco in town. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to walk, I don't want to walk those rolls, though. Oh, okay. I don't want to walk them. But it's said that these two were sworn enemies, and the legend has it that love blossomed between an Apache brave and a Wawati. Is that correct? Wawati. Yes. So Wawati, who was the daughter of a Huko chief of the Waco chief, they met in present-day Cameron Park as the girl picked spring wildflowers along the Bosky and Brazos rivers. They continue to meet in secret between the banks of the river at the highest peak, which is what we know as Lover Leap now. And they just kept their, sec their love a secret, and then the two tribes then became suspicious of their love. And at some point, uh, they snuck out, and the dad actually sent uh, some of the war Indians, I'm assuming? But he sent two of the Indians after her to follow, saw that she was meeting the Apache uh, guy, and so th it ended up in a war broken out between them. But the because they didn't want to be separated, 
they just ended up jumping to their death. So that way they could be together forever. Forever. Instead of being separated and the living. So that's that story. And you, do you know more about that one? Not really. That's, yeah. that's, that's about all I know about that one. A lot of places have lover's leap type stories. So again, I'm going to have to say this is mostly legend, but there have been reports of people walking along lover's sleep, the, the cliffs there, and seeing the ghosts, supposedly the ghosts of these two Native Americans walking along. So I got ghost bumps. Ghost bumps. Goose yeah, bumps? there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. I've never seen anything out there, but you know, who's to say that that there might not be some ghosts out there walking around? Ooh. All right. Up next, we have the grabbing ghost. Um, so this story has been told since the early 1980s and is said to be a ghost that grabs at climbers' clothing as they ascend up the steps of Jacob's Ladder. How all you guys been out to Jacob's Ladder at Cameron Park? It's a crazy, crazy cut-in-stone stair step that goes all the way up to the top portion of Cameron Park. Um, so with that, the steps are huge, and you will definitely be out of breath when you get to the top. So I don't know if I'm just having an asthma attack, and I might be having hallucinations due to the poor oxygen, um, but or there might actually be something there. Um, so the way the grabbing ghost story goes is some say the spirit is actually trying to protect uh, venturers from an unknown evil that resides along the climb. Others say it's the spirit of a lost child just searching for help. Another version of the story claims that the ghost belonged to a person who actually tragically fell down the steps and is trying to keep others from falling down the steps as well. Um, people feel someone like possibly like tug on their clothing um, and the phantom desperately tries to grab onto anything they can hold onto. Um, according to the legend, when a man and woman, uh, a man and a woman went to climb the steps together, the woman is most often the first person to actually feel their clothes being tugged upon. Um, again, kind of going with the maybe it's a small child, or again, maybe they're just trying to protect her from falling and want to hold on to her to make sure she's okay. Any thoughts? This one's real. You, it's real? Yeah. Yeah, people come up to me still to this day. This ha started happening in the, like, 1980s. Mm-hmm. And um, people are still getting grabbed on Jacob's Ladder. So I think there's something to this one. And I don't know what it is, but there's, there's a ghost out there that's grabbing people. So, so not so legend. Not so legend. More I have no haunted. idea what it is, but there's something grabbing people. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So this next one is the dancing orbs, and these are said to be floating lights that are dancing throughout the trees along the trails in Cameron Park. Some say that these orbs are actually due to the two Native Americans that jumped to their death. Uh, some others say that they are like devilish lights that are trying to just be mischievous and cause some kind of harm. And there are some that there are motorcycle or tar pits legends from just some, I don't really know what that word is, electric of something. I don't eclectic. speak. Oh, what's a that? Eclectic is like a, a collection of stories, eclectic, a little bit of everything. Why do I put big words when I can just dumb it down? <laughs> I don't know. So of the fairies and then, but yeah, just... Those collection of stories miss big words over there. 
So have fun with those, collecting big stories. <laughs> Do you know much more of that other than, yeah? Oh, <laughs> I like to go into like the fae ver version of this and think that the dancing lights are like fairies in the park, but that's just my, my own childlike mentality. <laughs> the sparkly orbs. Yeah, you see these in the zoo as well, the Cameron Park Zoo. Um, and I don't know what to make of, of the sparkling orbs, but there is a story of one of the security guards that worked at the zoo many years back, and he was out doing some maintenance before he went home, and he saw the sparkling orbs in the zoo, and he didn't think too much about it, and he went home, and he walked into his bedroom to go to bed, and as soon as he opened the door, one of the sparkling orbs flew through his room. Whoa. So one of them followed him home, and he was pretty freaked out about that. And yeah, there's, there's something to the story of the, of the sparkling orbs in the park and in the zoo, definitely. So again, more haunt, maybe less legend. Mm -hmm. um, now we're moving into the downtown sphere. So like I said, now we're gonna be talking about where you guys are right now um, in downtown Waco. Um, so the first one we're gonna tell the story of is the story of the shadow man. Um, this one is a little spooky, but not so much. <laughs> um, so the Shadow Man is said to haunt downtown Waco in this area between Columbus Avenue and the Brazos River. So literally the street we're on and through the Brazos River. We chose this one specifically because we're here right now. Um, and this is actually said to be a shadow emerging from the shade cast by the evening street lights. He only appears to couples during the romantic embraces. Some versions claim he is a, a spited lover who actually killed his partner in a moment of intensity, leaving his spirit now doomed forever to walk the earth. Others say he's a guardian whose love, whose love was maybe murdered by someone else, and now he's, again, trying to protect those couples that are walking alone at night. Um, he forever stalks the night, protecting couples after sundown from the evil that lurks in the shadows. He appears as a large mass of dark matter that hovers off the ground and then approaches passerbys as a rolling plume of smoke, following them as they walk down the street. Any encounters with the Shadow Man? You said no. No. <laughs> but I will say this, the downtown is haunted. And, and my theory on that is because of the uh, tornado in mm -hmm. 1953. Very, very tragic F5 tornado basically destroyed most all of downtown Waco. So a lot of energy there that I think contributes to paranormal activity. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, and I mean, like, the Alico is still standing, which is, like, our, our highlight of downtown, which is why everybody loves it so much. Um, it's a beacon of, you know, being protected and a beacon of showing hope. Yes, and that's exactly what happened during the tornado is that everything around it was mm -hmm. destroyed and um, you could see the Alico standing on its own for miles and the people of Waco saw it just as that. They're like, we can do this, we can rebuild. It was the sign of hope. Yeah. 
and there's actually now two memorials to it. There's like a little teardrop shaped one that has a, the information on the tornado. And then there's also now three little, they're like wind turbine sculptures. Um, and they actually twist in the wind, which is a really cool um, artistic representation of it. So you can go downtown and they're again, right over here by the Alica, right up the street. And you can just go and see it and get a little history as you're walking to your next location. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. Spooky. <laughs> Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music. And we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine, wine and vinyl. vinyl. So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> Welcome to One Star Rewind a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. fantastic new podcast to tell you about bros foes and heroes it's the two of us looking into the world of comics breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of and some that are just absolutely ridiculous yeah so zach comes up with a character each time and uh, i go into it just completely blind i don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything and and basically i guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best, and we will make sure to 
highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about bros and bros and heroes. And now, back to the show. Spooky. (laughs) Your turn. Oh, I don't like my turn, but... So this one is of the gray horse and buggy. So there is a legend of this that's very similar in uh, San Antonio of a bus getting stuck on the railroad and uh, you put filled with kids. Yeah. And unfortunately, the train hit the kids. So this one's very similar, but the ghost is not very helpful in this one, Well, unfortunately. <laughs> so this was in the 400 block of Webster and Jackson, where a gray and... Some legends say translucent horse and buggy. In about the mid-19th century, a driver was on his regular route when he attempted to cross the train lines like he did just about every day when suddenly the winds broke, the wheels broke. And as he tried to get across safely, he heard the train and was unable to get his uh, horse and buggy safely across the trains. And so, unfortunately, he lost his uh, source of income and just about everything he made his living on. Yeah. But to this day, they say that they could still hear the horses and the horse hooves in the early mornings going down that route. Ooh. So, kind of cool. Trapped on the train tracks. Yeah. Oof. I don't, I don't even know if those are in – is it the same ones that run behind us? Yeah. There, oh, so where our ahead. studio is located, we're at 1129 Webster. The train tracks run right behind our studio. And this yeah. is right near the area where it said that this actually happened. Oof. That's yikes. I try to avoid crossing the railroad tracks at all times. <laughs> Any thoughts? Any thoughts? I've heard of this one, but, um, yeah, I have not seen the, the horse and buggy man. But I do know that... Sometimes when tragic things happen, it can be imprinted in the environment and replay, kind of like a a recording. So who knows, maybe that's what's happening here, is that if the conditions are right, you get to see the the horse and buggy man. Interesting. Just a quick question, because I know a lot of people here don't know what this would be, but what would you classify this haunt? Haunt. It, It would be a, what I would call a residual haunting. That means it's not something that's self-aware, you know, like a ghost that interacts with people. It's just like a recording. It's something that that plays back from the past. So, yeah. Cool. Um, That's very interesting to hear. And uh, we haven't talked about the different types of ghost types. Um, So there's, like, active hauntings. There's residual. um, There's demonic. There's all different types of variations that you can kind of go off of. 
based off what type of haunting. And again, it really just depends on what you're experiencing. And then the biggest thing we talk about is always person, place, and time. So it depends on who you are, when you're there, and what's going on around you. Um, so that can really determine on you know what you're picking up. Some people, of course, are more sensitive than others. So just because we haven't seen the gray horse and buggy doesn't mean you won't. Um, up next, we're going to be talking about the, the silver fiend. Um, this is actually a phantom um, that began to haunt the area over here on Austin, Franklin, and Washington. Um, so again, down here in the downtown area. Um, and it's said that he even sometimes comes over here to Columbus Avenue. Um, he started this about back in the early 20th century, is like when this started picking up. It was described as an enormously large and lean wolf dog with black and silver fur. The monster appeared in the newspaper stories reporting that an unknown rabid animal had attacked and killed an assortment of ducks, geese, dogs, cats, pigs, and chickens in local backyards, as well as destroying the interior of a buggy locked inside a carriage house. After one particularly grisly incident, the best local tractor trackers and zoologists of the area attempted to catalog the beast, but they failed to match the prints to any known species in the area. At best, they speculated that the prints were most likely related to a canine, some sort of wolf dog or something, and following reports of a string of severe assaults, the creature was then never reported again here in Waco. So maybe um, his fate is now a mystery that we one day will discover. Um, so of course, the Silver Fiend, um, a lot of people know werewolf sightings, you know, you can go into like animals. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of options. Have you ever heard this story before? I have. Mm -hmm. I wish it was real. You wish it was real? I wish it was real. More legend, less haunt. I, I, I love werewolves. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, gosh, there is a werewolf in Waco? That's so The cool. alliteration. Yeah, a Perfect. werewolf in Waco. So I, I doubt that it's true, but who knows? I mean, I thought th this, this is a really cool story. I like this one. It's it's not even a haunt, Mike. I'm, supernatural. I'm sorry. It's something supernatural. <laughs> That's okay. That's why it goes in the le the, the legends category. Yeah, <laughs> legends. De definitely a legend. But you know what? Hey, there are lots and lots of stories on shapeshifters, and um, you know, so there's there's so many stories about that that there could be something to it. It's just beyond me what could be going on there. Ooh. I will say, though, in one of the books that we read, mm -hmm. which we do terrifying tales every Tuesday, but one of the ones that has not come out yet, mm. spoiler alert, is about a black dog. And the Ooh. story goes that this lady was working a night shift, gets off of work, and typically if you see this black dog, you're supposed to basically meet your fate. So you're supposed to die shortly after. Oh, no. She sees this dog goes home, invites it into her home, and it basically lives with her for the next few months. At some point, she's taking a bath, and it shapeshifts in front of her eyes. She gets freaked out, gets out, and basically demands it to leave, but it never causes any harm to her in any way, shape, or Aww. form because it actually grew some kind of attachment to her. Aww. 
So, it, yeah. So I have this heard this story one time before, but that's wow. from this book. Interesting. So, yeah. The next story is the stagehand, <gasps> which a lot of us, if you're local, know about Waco Hippodrome. And a lot of us know that this is actually haunted. The Hippodrome, um, one of the most haunted places in Waco, yes. I'll tell you. So one of them is from the specter that haunts the rafters above the screen and or stage. Both workers and visitors claim to hear footsteps, voices, cheers, cries, and even music in or around the building. Some claim to catch glimpses of shadows moving along the balcony and in the dark corners of the theater. Others have reported seeing a figure of a woman, most often near the women's restroom, and it's believed to be a stagehand who was particularly just dedicated to the theater and just refuses to leave. Hmm. And actually, a few years ago, how long was it? 10 years ago when he showed me that video of the shadow? And Hippodrome, do you remember that? Yeah, you, my sister over there. Yeah, so 10 years ago, Hippodrome was doing renovations. For whatever reason, a video got released. My sister, knowing I like this kind of stuff, showed me, and it was of one of the staircases going up to the second floor, and it captured a shadow figure at the bottom of the stairs. And it was peeking around the corner. So, And mm. I don't know why that stuck with me after... 10 years later, but here we are, <laughs> and I'm talking about it. Yeah, and one of the other videos that has been released, and these you can just find them on YouTube if you Google it. Um, there's one, so there's actually a bar that's been um, renovated in, in the Hippodrome now, and at the time um, when they were serving alcohol and they were just you know hanging out, um, they were packing up for the night, at the end of the night, cleaning all the glasses, putting them back where they go, and they were like on a rack above the cabinet, and so the glasses were all upside down on it, and in the video, you see it come off the shelf and fly across the room um, in the bar. So something had actually picked up the glass and moved it. So it's kind of interesting to see. Um, and then you have some insight on this as well. She has a lot. <laughs> There's a lot at the Hippodrome. Yeah, no, no the, the, I'll agree with you. The Hippodrome is, is pretty haunted, and there's lots of stories. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that you mentioned the, the shadow figure on the stairs. What I've heard is, of course, that in 1928, there was a fire in the Hippodrome, and one of the casualties was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will see sightings of the little girl near the stairways, and especially on the right side of the theater. So, so you know, it could, it could be the, the little girl. Um, there's also, yeah, been lots of reports of poltergeist activity. One story that I know is that one night uh, the night manager was there and he was upstairs and he smelled cigarette smoke and he thought, you know, that's strange. I wonder who's here. Um, I'm going to go downstairs and check it out. So he goes downstairs, walks the halls, doesn't see anything, and then he goes back up to his office and just decides, what the heck, I'm going to take a look at the security footage just to make sure. And so he looks at the security footage, and what he sees is a cowboy dressed all in black, head to toe. You can even see the boots and the spurs. And he's holding a cigarette, and he's following the manager down the hallway and eventually turns and disappears through a wall. Mm -hmm. So lots, lots I've of ghost stories yeah. at, at around the Hippodrome. And yes. um, just so you guys know, on our show, any unnamed um, ghost that is like a little girl, we call her a little Sally. 
Um, so anytime there's an unknown child spirit, we like to give it a name to personify it and just pay respect. So um, little girls are little Sallies, and then any little boy spirits that we encounter are little Billies. So little Billies and Sallies. Um, and again, that's just one of our ways that um, we try to pay respect to them, even though they may not have a name in the story itself. Um, so it's just a little thing we do. So if you ever listen to the show and we're talking about little Sally, it's not actually Sally. It's just Sally to us. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get to the like Baylor fully section. described the Baylor dis uh, section. But we will tell you that uh, one of them is the Brooks Phantom, mm -hmm. which if you don't know about this one, this is the one that looks like the Harry Potter one right off of 35. It is that dorm room that this haunt takes place. It's basically a girl that got distraught over grades and ended up taking her own life. Um, the president, which is one of the former Baylor presidents that still supposedly Never walks where he, where he used to work his office. And this was a time period, it was about 1901. And then the poet, which is the Armstrong Browning Library, and it's of Elizabeth Browning, who was a famous English poet that still likes, and a lot of her possessions are actually in that building. Mm -hmm. And it's said that she's being protective of her belongings, making sure everybody pays respect of them and using them the way they should be. Yeah. Do you have any Baylor stories you want to share with us? Um, on the Browning, or the, yeah, the, the Browning Library, I did investigate that one many years ago. And while I don't believe that the ghost of Elizabeth Barrett Browning is haunting it, there has been reports of a construction worker Ooh. that hung himself in the basement, haunts it, yeah. And, and so there were strange things, kind of poltergeist activity that was going on in the basement, and um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the library is haunted, no. Ooh. Yeah, and then I live right over in that area, and I live specifically next to the Oakwood Cemetery, um, which is one of the oldest cemeteries in all of Waco, and is actually home to um, a quite a few popular or like more well-known people in the Waco area. So uh, with it being so close to the Baylor campus, again, there's a lot of spillover there. Um, and again, that's some of the oldest parts of Waco where people were. Um, again, especially down here in the downtown area, the Baylor area, and then of course Cameron Park. Um, all within these like 20 miles, <laughs> I would say, is probably the biggest area for activity. Um, yeah. We also talk about how like the river helps enhance um, spiritual activities mm -hmm. and um, the limestone that's here helps enhance activity, um, all that kind of fun you stuff. You want to know a fun fact that's going to be a trigger for the both of us? What's what's the fun fact? It said that Emily was wearing white. Oh, she was dressed in white. White. Yeah, it says barefoot and dressed in white. Wow, so we have a long-going um, shtick that we do on the show is that there's always stories of women in white. Why is there never stories of women in any other color? Like, I want a woman in eggshell, a woman in, cr in a, 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 a lighter color, you can say rose, a color in chartreuse, taupe, any other color other than white. Why is it always a woman in white? I mean, I get it. Like, I guess the whole, like, ghostly figures in white. But there's too many stories of women in white. So when I die, I'm going to make sure I'm specifically not wearing white so that I don't come back. <laughs> okay. A spot that I, I'm just going <laughs> to... I, I'm going to take you to task on that one. Uh-huh. No, no, I'm not. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Another place that's haunted here in Waco downtown is the Dr. Pepper Museum. Mm -hmm. We have a whole episode on that. Check it awesome. out. Awesome. Awesome. 
and yes, you can you can take paranormal tours there. And there is a lady that haunts the Dr. Pepper Museum in the basement, and she is dressed completely in black. So Yay! Yes. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> Not a woman in white. We love that. Um, but yeah, so that's all of our haunts. Um, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get to talk more more about the ones on Baylor campus, but at least you guys know now what to keep an eye out for. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about anything else, or you know, shout out yourself, give yeah. plug up yeah. for for all your things? What do you want me to say? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm oh, all right, fine. <laughs> I I'm the owner of Waco Ghosts here locally. And um, I, I don't know, I just kind of call myself the crazy ghost lady. I do a lot of different things. I am one of the tour guides for the paranormal tour at the Dr. Pepper Museum, as well as I have a downtown walking tour through Brazos Tours. I also do tours through the zoo and um, certification classes at the Historic Homes East Terrace House, especially. I teach classes on the paranormal at MCC and online. And I also do parapsychological research. So I just do a little bit of everything, all paranormal. So yeah, Waco Ghosts, if you want to find out more. Yay. And thank you so much for joining us. OK, just real quick, because I couldn't get the other microphone to work. Um, I, I, I thank you guys for being here. Sorry it was a little rough to begin with, but it's the first one. Um, if, if you guys don't know, uh, Debbie runs Cultivate 712, the art gallery over on Austin. Uh, she also does a show called No Waco, all about events and businesses and things in Waco. Um, Allison is uh, our head editor. She edits a lot of audio and video. She's also a videographer. Uh, she was nominated for Videographer of the Year this year. Uh, and uh, Allison does it's two shows, right? So you do this show, Poltergals, and then she does a show with me called uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Please Be On Our Show. Can I make one request that every single one of you go watch Ghost Whisperer and give us your opinions just to annoy that man over there? Ghost Whisperer is a terrible show. Life. I don't care what you say. Um, but the, the, the premise behind Jennifer Love Hewitt, Please Be On Our Show is uh, we're trying to get Jennifer Love Hewitt to call into our show. That's, that's the entire premise, right? So uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, for those of you who don't know, is from Waco. Um, once she calls in, then the show will change names. It'll be whoever, whoever, please be on our show. So I guess you could say the name of the show is really please be on our show, but right now it's Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. So we started off by watching Ghost Whisperer episode by episode, which Allison... I guess hates herself because she's seen it like 20 times I've or something. I've watched it five it's times all the way watched, through. It's have five you guys watched seasons. Ghost Whisperer? Anybody in here watch Ghost Whisperer? <laughs> you, you have? Okay. What do you think of it? It's amazing, yeah. right? See? No, no. It's Told a, it's, you. It's a rough show, folks. It's terrible. Um, so here's, here's my biggest problem, and this, this kind of feeds into what you guys were talking about with haunts and stuff, right? Ghosts have rules. I think vampires have rules. Ghosts have rules. Um, uh, werewolves, I'm assuming, have rules. I don't know. Um, but ghosts, like, in, what was it, like the third episode? Second episode? Third episode? It was so early on. I, I'm pretty sure it even started in the, like, second want, half of the first episode. I want episode. everybody to listen very closely to me when I say this. 
the ghost got in a car and rode away with her. That's not a thing. That should not be a thing. They just got through telling us that the ghost was tied into the place they died, right? I mean, that makes sense to all of us in the room, right? Ghosts are tied to a place. Hang on, because you're going to try to, yeah. So uh, I don't think <laughs> ghosts get in cars and move. I can't understand the dynamics of it. I don't understand the physics. Uh, also, if ghosts are standing around and there's a bunch of lights shining on them, how are they reflecting off of the ghosts? That's not a thing, right? Am I wrong here? Mike, okay. I'm I'm 99.99% sure you are wrong. Okay. Because even but who's going to prove my it? my lovely friend <laughs> over here. <laughs> who's who's going to prove I'm wrong? That's the thing. Oh, yeah, Cindy. Oh, sorry. The ghost, ghost expert's going to prove it. All right, Cindy. Mike, yes. you're wrong. Ghosts can get in cars? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, because ghosts aren't necessarily, in fact, they're rarely connected to places. They're more often connected to people. Okay. So if you're so in the car, the ghost will be in the car, too. So, the, the so then how is this ghost whisperer connected to all these different ghosts? She, she gets around. She gets around, <laughs> 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 she right. gets around well, yeah. I, all right, Cindy, whatever. She's, she's, it's still a terrible show, I'm just saying. Okay, you know, terrible. It's, it's bad acting. That may be because yeah. I've never seen it and I've never really had but a But if any of it. you know Jennifer Love Hewitt, please ask her to please be on our show. All right, let's, uh, let's give them a quick round of applause. Thank you for everybody. We have a second show coming up. It was supposed to start at 2 o'clock. We're probably looking at about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, we'll get everything reset. Uh, the Kids Stays in the Podcast is next. Uh, Father-son duo that uh, talk movies, and uh, we hope you stick around and enjoy it. Don't forget to follow us at the underscore Poltergals on Instagram, and check out our Spotify, and check out all of our places where you can listen to the podcast, and go follow us. Bye. 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 been listening to the poltergals a rogue media network podcast this has been a rogue media podcast